Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carberhall here with uh, Matt the God Hawkins, who was at Bellator 229. Uh, you had an exciting uh, couple of weekends on the West Coast, man. What's up? How, how you been? Good, good. Just been doing some work around the house here in my downtime between going to fights. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been good, man. Uh, last or two weeks ago in L.A., this past weekend uh, right down the street here at uh, Pachanga Indian Reservation uh good fights all around uh going back to the early september so getting to see the whole featherweight tournament uh and then getting to see uh you know pretty much this this indian reservation card is one of those ones they do it's kind of just they hope for an action-packed night and for the most part that's what what we had so did you get a chance to catch the card no uh i watched invicta actually because uh I run the open mats on Friday nights at my academy, so that's what I've been doing since we started. I started doing that last spring, so if it's uh, something that I, uh, you know, that doesn't start later, that was weird. I was actually going to ask you how did they handle, how did they handle uh, the like as far as the fight because you saw they had that huge chunk of post limbs. So how did they? Ha- how was it like being there in the arena versus what folks saw at home? No, I mean, I, I. it only makes sense out here. There's just no way anybody gets to the fights that early on a Friday uh, in, mm. in, in town here with traffic. You can do it on a Saturday because, obviously, you don't have people working. But, you know, the average person out here works sometime between 3 and 5 o'clock. They get off. If you start the fights at 3 o'clock, the average person's not going to be able to make it. I mean, this isn't like a UFC event. This isn't something people plan necessarily their entire, you know, six-month vacation around. This mm. is a, you know a smaller Bellator event. Uh, but they, they, you know, they loaded it up with names this time, especially, yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of, they have a, kind of a circuit, you know, uh, as you get on the East coast there, you kind of get a wave of some of the same guys coming through. And uh, this time they added a few, uh, a few Russian guys that were, that really made it cool uh, on the prelims. So they, so they started off with the uh, two prelims. The second one, uh, Anatoly Tokov, uh, team Fedor uh, picked up a big win. Uh, dominated uh Haracho Darpinian uh picking up a uh, a TKO uh towards the end of the second round. He moves to 29 and 3 at middleweight. Uh awesome record, uh awesomely talented dude. So I'm curious to see where he goes from now. I don't know if his name value is enough to carry a fight with somebody like uh well Machida's basically light heavyweight. So something like that a bigger name would be uh would be cool i think he's uh done with the prelims now too i think we'll we'll be seeing him fully on the uh on the main cards uh you know so that was that was a big win and that was the that was the headlining of the two prelims and then they rolled right into the main card uh where we kind of started off with an upset uh joe Schilling, i feel like was the favorite at least the local favorite coming in uh against tony johnson uh, Johnson finishes him uh, with a TKO uh, to move to nine and two in in the second in the third round. I'm sorry, in a pretty back and forth fight. I think Schilling won round one, Johnson won round two, and started to really sway the momentum, and then was able to finish him in the third. Yeah, I was actually, uh, you know, I even though I didn't catch it, I was I I used the score app to get the alerts for, which does a really good job of alerting you if you're not watching a fight and you just want to know what happens. You immediately get the uh, you know, the end fight result for every fight on on the card. So I got the alerts for it, and I I was sad to see that uh, 
Saad got got uh, submitted by uh, Yamauchi, which. Uh, which, yeah, uh, that that was the co-main event. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, being a fan of Syed and, and him being on the show uh, a few times, you know, I went in rooting for him. I'm also a fan of, of Yamauchi. Uh, Syed basically came out striking. They, they you know, they struck back and forth towards each other. Syed went for it, got a takedown on Yamauchi and ended up on top. And uh, I commented, I didn't think that that was the, the place that he wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, Yamauchi's a... a a, a genius when it comes to his submissions in MMA, and uh, it didn't take long. A minute forty into round one, he was able to secure an armbar and, and get the finish. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, I actually I thought he would have done better just because he's not like it's not like he hasn't beaten and done and been in the cage with submission guys before. But I know Yamauchi's a little uh, a little bit trickier, I want to say, or more just a little slicker than most, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that he's a younger, up-and-coming guy who's constantly improving. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's only 26 years old. Uh, he moves to 24-4 and four now. Uh, to me, it's more of a case of you just got somebody who's who's really, possibly could be a, a future star in this sport. Um, I mean, he has wins over Weichel, he's got wins over Piccolotti, uh, Ryan Couture, uh, you look at his losses. His losses to Chandler, nothing, nothing to uh, be sad about there. Uh, Bubba Jenkins, who who had his time, uh, are are his two main losses uh, in the latter part of his career. Um, so I, I mean, I I feel like he's he's going to be somebody who's going to be making big waves yeah. uh, in the Bellator division. Prior to that bout, uh, uh, Carrie Melendez, uh, the wife of Gilbert Melendez, uh, was also a main card fight. She fought Mandy Polk. Um, she ended up winning uh, via decision, unanimous. Uh, it was an interesting fight, though, because Polk basically came out within one second and shot a takedown, took her down. Uh, for the most part of the first round, she was on top, but Melendez was threatening with uh, triangle chokes. Uh, Melendez spent a lot of time on her back in the fight, uh, on the bottom, and I know some of the observers around the cage weren't so sure she was going to get the nod, but uh, I think kind of with the new judging system we have mm. nowadays, it, it uh, gives a little bit more leniency to the fighters that are working from the bottom. And and she won the fight. Uh, Polk had a plenty of takedowns and a lot of control, but threw very little strikes and did very little damage. And when Melendez was able to get to her feet, she landed some big knees to the stomach and uh, and a couple big punches. So Melendez moves to 4-0. I know Bellator's pushing her. She made a comment after the fight that she wasn't sure exactly who to call out because she didn't know who was in the 115 weight class. Hmm. Uh, her ground game's not good enough at this point to contend with going up to 125 for somebody like uh, Alimale. So no. I'm not sure exactly where she is. She's kind of just a showcase fighter for Bellator at this point. Uh, well, seems like yeah. yeah, seems like a prime uh, prime candidate for someone that they would send to uh, to Ryzen and and yeah. get her some competition out there. Yeah, uh, I mean they do the same thing with like uh, Heather Hardy, you know. I never understand why folks uh, start asking for, you know, oh, are you thinking about doing it? Like, it was like her first or second fight, and guys were asking her if she was going to go after a title shot, and she was the one that had to shut him down herself and just be like, no, I'm just learning how to do all this. Why would you think that, you know? Yeah. So at, le at least, uh, I mean, uh, you know, sometimes people just like to, to overhype or, or look too far ahead and not understand uh, their perspective of where they're coming from, so... That's definitely, uh, I mean, it's great on their part that they at least uh, 
they shut it all down and admitted up front. So, like you said, showcase rising. I could see that. There's some there's some fights there for her that uh like uh, I feel like she would go up. Actually, she'd probably do well against uh they're both strikers technically, right? Uh, Rena and uh and um Carrie out of yeah, that that would that would actually be yeah. a really good fight. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's plenty of competition. Smaller Japanese uh, girls that that she could fight. Uh, being Gilbert Melendez's husband or wife, that uh, you know, Melendez had had a little bit of run out there uh, in Japan in some of their events. Uh, so uh, he has a name. Uh, her last name would carry out there. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no pun intended, but you know, Carrie, Carrie Melendez, her name would definitely carry out there for a while with the mm-hmm. Japanese fans. So that would uh that would be uh that would be something i would look forward to especially uh with some of the news coming out this week about bellator and ryzen but uh before we get to that uh the main of main event that night lorenz larkin andres korshkov uh you know if you didn't get a chance to watch it i'd go back and, and see if you can find the video first two rounds were fight of the year candidate rounds yeah. uh korshkov came out in the first round and dominated uh hit a, hit a spinning back kick to the chin of larkin put him down on the ground mm. almost finished him uh, Larkin struggled, you know, heavily in the first round, came back in the second round and damn near finished Korshkov had Korshkov reeling, uh, severely hurt. Uh, he ended up stumbling, kind of hit back to his corner to finish the second round. Third round saw Larkin, or I'm sorry, saw Korshkov doing a lot of pressure up against the cage. Um, kind of a stall. Both guys were kind of pretty tired. Um, at, at one point Larkin locked in a guillotine choke, uh, that he wasn't able to finish, uh, made interesting for the scoring. Uh, going into it, I when the when the final bell sounded, I had it a draw, twenty eight twenty eight. I had Korshkov winning one and three, and I had Larkin getting a ten eight second round. Uh, the judges saw it twenty nine twenty eight for uh, Larkin, so uh, it was actually a split decision. One of the judges gave it gave it to Korshkov, so it was a really close fight. Good win for Larkin. Uh, Local guy out here uh, from Riverside County uh, had a lot of fans in the crowd. Um, I'm a Korshkov fan, also a Larkin fan, but uh, I thought it was basically an even fight and one that I wouldn't be surprised we see again down the road at mm-hmm. some point. No, um, oh, absolutely. But, once once they do something like that, I mean, how many times did they give us uh, Chandler Alvarez because it was so good? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, we got that a couple times, and then and the, I just I, these this is kind of the young breed right now of their uh, their welterweight class, and I don't know if they're either of them are ever going to reach the title contention again. Korshkov's been knocked off a couple times now. Um, they're gonna have there's gonna be some battling, but I could see in another year or two uh, definitely these guys uh, facing off again, um, especially if if guys like Rory start to uh, and Fitch and those guys start to kind of wind down their careers per se and, and uh, mm-hmm. or at least hit a hit, hit a heavy backside but that finished out the main card um and then as you said they have a they had a big long they had seven post limb fights uh basically they the good thing is that they went straight to the the bigger name fights uh it wasn't like they waited on guys um so Derek Anderson uh came out put on a great performance dominated really from start to finish picked up a unanimous decision uh over Bomba uh, good fight, good fight for being back after a, a long time off. Uh, no hesitation on his part, throwing big punches, took some big shots, but uh, looked really good. Joey Davis ended up winning by flying knee. Uh, I think it's about time he gets some real, you know, real stiff competition. He moves to six and zero. He beat Jeff Peterson, who falls to ten and seven. After that, uh, Vladimir Tokov and to- uh, 
another team fade oh, yeah. guy. Uh, looked great in his fight uh, and, and dominated <laughs> takedown striking. Uh, that was against Hastings, right? Yes. Yeah, that's, that was it. It's weird that that's the only result that I never got an alert for. Huh. Yeah, no, that was a uh, it was a domination. It was mm. it was uh, I can't recall the exact scorecards, but I think they were 30, 25 um, on at least two of the cards. So it, it that and then there was a, there was it finished off with a few. Uh, I, I ended up uh, leaving with about one fight left. Uh, mm. It, it, you know, I'm not going to be a Bellator honk here. I mean, I, I love what Bellator does. I love their shows. I love the entertainment value. It, it makes sense to me why they have the post limbs, but when you have like seven of them, it's almost too much. You lose mm. a little bit of the, uh, you lose a little momentum unless you know somebody fighting in one of those ladder yeah. fights uh, after the main event. There's a little bit of a, a drop off. I mean, in this case, uh, you know, we we we've talked to. Uh, We've talked to Derek Anderson, so that was obviously something for me to stay around mm-hmm. for. Joey Davis is a uh, is an up and coming potential superstar, and I was definitely interested in Tokov. So uh, that was there. But overall, another great night for Bellator. Great night of action, um, and that just kind of set us up for really the main event on uh, Saturday night at UFC 243. Oh yeah, uh, you know we talked about the card not being the deepest and. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole card, but, uh, you know, co-main event, Dan Hooker picked up a, an impressive win over Raging Ally Akenta. Yeah, it was a good uh, night for city city kickboxing fighters. Yeah, so um, big win for him. And then in the in the main event, uh, I predicted Israel Adesanya by knockout. Uh, I didn't think it would happen as quick and as dominant as it was. Me but, neither. Uh, he picked it up uh, right in the middle of the second round. Uh, clocking Whitaker. Uh, Whitaker really, if about three seconds were left in round one, wouldn't have even made it out of round one. Uh, I mean, that was as saved by the bell as you could get. He was dropped with about one second left, and Adesanya was going in for the finishing shot that would have uh, would have put Whitaker out cold, and uh, and he held back as as the bell sounded. So, a little bit of a shock, but uh, I was I was yeah. glad to see it. You know, I I like I like shaking things up, and that definitely did it in that d- division. Yeah, no, I I definitely thought that, uh, and it's funny because I just saw, uh, I wrote about it over at MMANews.com, Kelvin Gastelum had some criticism because uh, I had commented when we recorded the episode before the pay-per-view that I thought that that was a good, uh, and and Gastelum hinted at it as well, like he kind of laid out the blueprint on how to beat Adesanya by, you know, pressuring him and, you know, not letting him do all his, uh, you know, his uh, kickboxing uh, shenanigans or whatever he does with the feints and all that stuff. <clears throat> and um, so Gaslam said the same thing, but it, he just said that Whitaker did it wrong. Like he, he and he and the things he mentioned made sense to me when you if you rewatch those two rounds, especially the end of the first round because he got so he tried to pressure him, but he never protected himself. He did no footwork. He did very little head movement. And um, and uh, so at, at the end of the first round when. When he tries to come in with that left of his, because Whitaker has that lead left that that's that he's dropped people with, um, he would he he threw stuff. I mean, not for nothing, a, a shorter guy against a longer guy like that, you would think he'd know better. But I mean, hey man, the guy's been out for you know what is he like a little over a year since he's fought, so. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some ring rust involved. Uh, Adesanya's been extremely active. Uh, this was his mm-hmm. fourth fight of the year. Um, Whitaker didn't fight a smart fight. I don't, I don't think he would tell you that he did. Uh, 
yeah, right so. from the bell with his attacks, like you said, it it yeah. didn't make a lot of sense to me. He was chasing, uh, he was coming in, uh, and so I actually I wouldn't mind seeing Gaslam against Adesanya again if if he can get there. You know what I mean? After I know they're using him to welcome Darren Till next month at two forty four, but um, I I feel like I mean the the beating he put on. He lost a decision, and they they beat each other up. But I mean, Adesanya didn't look didn't look like he won anything after that fight. No, that I mean that fight makes sense. Obviously, I think we're going to get Adesanya versus Costa next, which uh, oh, is yeah. a great, which is an outstanding fight. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, if Gastelum gets by Till, I personally would like to see Whitaker Romero three. I think that they that could be another outstanding yeah. fight um, to kind of help uh, settle this division and get it get it back on track. So, uh, but if Till I'm sorry if uh, Gastelum beats Till decisively. I think uh, another fight with Adesanya uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, and it, it would sell. So, yeah. uh, you know, there's that. Before we go too far, we should have mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but the next UFC pay-per-view is UFC, UFC 244 um, from your neck of the woods there in Madison Square Garden. And uh, you were able to catch up with uh, a couple of the fighters, and we're going to have one of them on the, uh, on the show at the end of this. Is, is that right, Ed? Oh yeah, I spoke with uh, so I spoke with a couple of guys out of Tiger Shulman's. It was interviews I did for FrontproofMedia.com. Um, you can see them there, the video versions. But uh, I'll add the audio to the end of this, just because uh, we're coming up uh, late. We didn't get a guest this week, and I'm fighting off a cold. If you can't tell with all my throat clearing, uh, Jersey's Jersey's doing its Jersey thing with the weather. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I spoke with Julio Arce. Uh, so that's what I'll. I spoke with him first, so I'll put that on the end of this uh, at the end of this episode. All right, cool. So yeah, again, that'll that'll help lead us uh, and get us uh, ready for the the next pay per view coming up on November second for the UFC. Um, another uh, item of note that came about midweek uh, regarding the UFC really kind of started to break. I believe it was yesterday morning. Is that this weekend's UFC Tampa card? Joanna Jinjacek, uh seems to be struggling making weight. Uh, for her, her main event fight with Michelle Watterson. Uh, not a surprise to me. I don't think it should yeah. be a surprise to anybody. I mean, this is, this is becoming a, uh, a common, uh, factor in, in some of these, uh, fighters careers. But, um, I didn't know if you had a take on that or if it's the same well, as pretty much everybody else. I mean, you know, so I know a couple of guys that are there covering it. I mean, uh, from what I'm hearing as of, so we're recording this uh, Thursday evening. They're weighing in tomorrow. So we'll know by the, by the time folks listen to this, we'll have a final resolution with that. But uh, wherever the, because the, Joanna didn't even know where the remarks came from. She said there was some sort of incident. But so just before we started recording, uh, Brett Okamoto, put a, he posted on Twitter. And uh, one of the guys I know that's there covering it in Tampa said she seems fine. So I think it'll be all right, but you never know. I mean, you know, talking about Adesanya and Whitaker and all them. I mean, we lost that fight when he had the hernia thing morning of his uh, the fight. So you never know what's going to happen or what type of issue she's having, obviously. Uh, but she's uh, supposedly her spirits are good, Joanna's. And um, we should be all right for tomorrow. But, I mean, my take is, uh, I mean, she's the 115. She's a former 115-pound champion. I wouldn't doubt that she can't make the weight, but I mean everybody's body get changes and gets different as they get older. She's talked about, you know, wanting to walk away from the sport if she can't get a belt again. So I mean she could be 
I mean, she's been she's been around a while, so it could, it could just be uh, you know time to change things up. Maybe go to one twenty five. Yeah, I mean, she had her fight with Valentina up there. Uh, what about a year ago or so now? But yeah. yeah, this might be more of a marketing ploy. This might be to help get the the fight kind of in the news. I know it was kind of uh, under the radar a bit, uh, and, and they're you know if if everything is true that they're saying, some of the stuff they're doing to Waterson seems a little bit. Um, unprofessional to me as far as trying to force her into fights and threatening her with other fights and stuff like that. It seems like Watterson's the one who's scheduled yeah. to make weight. So found well, that me, kind of interesting. I find it interesting, but I don't know if it was, so maybe, I think maybe, I mean, I, I get why people, you know, the one, the one that doesn't make weight should be the one that has to do all the work or whatever. Um, it should be, uh, uh, you know, Watterson's choice. Cause she's the one that's making weight. However, they haven't weighed in yet. Number yeah. One. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. There's number no two, doubt. the 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 choices I heard, and you you tell me I'm wrong because I know you follow this a little close more closely, or or your memory is a little more accurate than I mine is. Um, the options that were given to her were one was uh, if she doesn't she does if she doesn't fight to uh, this weekend and they leave Joanna to fight someone else at a catchweight, they were going to bump her to 244 in the garden. I, that card's already stacked. I don't think there's room, in my opinion. But um, and uh, they're going to try to uh, match her up with uh, the former champ uh, Andrade. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't that have been like a bump up? Like like if she if she gets past Andrade, then she gets the title shot. Well, I think if she would get by Joanna, she would get the title shot. So basically, mm. from what I understand, they said, "Hey, fight Joanna, no matter what weight she comes in at." Um, she, I know she turned down fighting some of the, uh, some of the women on the uh, deep lower on the card, uh, Angela Hills and stuff, because that doesn't do anything for her right now, yeah. as, she, as she's basically a fight away. The Andrade fight is obviously a fight that, that some point she might have to take. I think the point that that kind of uh, angered me as a fan a little bit is that it's a total opposite fight of Joanna. And you're basically going, instead of fighting a striker, we're going to give you somebody who's likely to try to take you down and beat the living hell out of you on the ground. Yeah. And you all, and you only got three weeks to train for that fight. So that was, it was kind of a weird thing. I don't know. We, I don't know how much it's true. I don't know how much of it's just uh, uh, promotion kind of getting the, the news out there, uh, which, which is interesting. But anyways, you know, Mackenzie Dern's on the card. James Vitt fights Nico Price. Cub Swanson, Con- Cron Gracie in the co-main event. Uh, Violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena, Eric Anders, pretty solid card, uh, you know, for for a fight night. Uh, this goes down on ESPN Plus, 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Uh, it's really a loaded weekend of action. Uh, a few more cards just kind of run through, give you start times of some of the main fights, but uh, I think it would be, uh, you know, we got about five six minutes left here. But um, Fedor uh, Rampage. Uh, December 29th, uh, Bellator Ryzen card uh, in Japan. Uh, kind of, uh, I, I think we kind of saw this coming a little bit, but uh, once it gets announced, it definitely uh, definitely got some eyes for Bellator going. I, it's not the fight necessarily I'm looking forward to the most for Fedor. Uh, I know Rampage and him are, are, have been pretty cordial over the years, and Rampage hasn't always wanted to fight him. But, you know, if I'm being honest, the fight makes sense uh, for Japan. And uh, it gets gets people talking. Yeah, man. I mean, no matter what people say, you know, right away you have your haters uh, saying whatever they, whatever they want to say about the older fighters fighting and, you know, this, that and the other. 
but um, not for nothing, it's still one of those fights that that especially if you've been a lot watching the sport as long as you and I have, it's kind of just like, I mean, not for nothing, it, it, the nostalgia from what we missed from when there was a Pride Fighting Championships, uh, and, it, I mean, this is Fedor's last run, too. I mean, why the hell not? Like, why the hell wouldn't you want to? And on New Year's Eve, or that New Year's Eve, you know, they usually double it up or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, the end of the year, I, I don't mind it at all. I'm, I'm, I'm all in for it. I know you oh, are. Yeah, I mean, I'm all in. I, I'm uh, doing some preliminary stuff to see if I can get out to Japan, actually. I'm not uh, uh, possibly being Fedor's last chance to fight in Japan. Me going to Japan has always been a dream. And uh, now with Bellator out there and then a possible New Year's Eve Ryzen show, uh, might be hard to pass up. Uh, so I'm going to try to work that out, which would be cool because I'd maybe get some uh, get some stuff, uh, content for the show uh, while out there. But, um, yeah, so we'll talk about that, obviously, as it approaches and as, as the cards unfold. I know uh, Bader... Uh, Horiguchi are some of the names that are floating out there. So I expect a loaded card and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but that again, this weekend keeps, keeps on rolling tomorrow night. We get uh, the weekend gets started PFL an event you've covered uh, pretty extensively over the years comes out here to the West coast. Uh, they're in uh, new, uh, I'm sorry, uh, in Las Vegas for the, uh, for the next round of their, uh, of their grand prix. Uh, Kyla Harrison, Kaufman, John Howard, yeah. uh, a couple uh, Megomeds, uh, Chris Curtis, <laughs> uh, Ray Cooper. Um, you know, so they get going. That's uh, another one that, that gets going uh, five, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN2. Or I'm sorry, the prelims are ESPN Plus at 5 Eastern, and then that's followed on ESPN2 for the main card. That's again tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, that's quickly followed up later that evening. By uh, by Ryzen 19, the opening uh, round of their uh, lightweight Grand Prix. Oh yeah, I just mentioned Rena. She's on that card. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's uh, she's on the card. Uh, one of the earlier bouts, um, the the Grand Prix. Uh, Gustavo uh, Patricky Pitbull from Bellator faces uh, Tatsuya Kawajiri. Really good fight. Johnny Case against Roberto Souza. Uh, Damian Brown's on the card. Uh, Kita Nakamura. Um, and then, and then uh, Procrax, Pro, <laughs> Prokezeka, mm. it's hard to say his name. He's their light heavyweight champion. He's fighting Fabio Maldonado. Um, and then Kaya Sakura coming off of a big win um, over uh, Horiguchi faces uh, Sasaki. Um, currently, I believe, listed as their main event. That could change. Um, I also know that there is a um, monsoon. I believe it's a monsoon warning this weekend. So things in Japan could definitely change so that is uh that's tomorrow night also tomorrow night uh one championship uh has their century card um which is a double event yeah the weather's threatening them too <laughs> the weather's threatening them too they're they're scheduled to get kicked off tomorrow at 8 uh p.m eastern time with the first half of the card uh which uh which includes you know on uh so it start. It looks like the prelims. I'm not sure if they'll be. I don't know if it's all pay per view. Um, it looks like it's Bleacher Report pay per view, and then the main card is on TNT uh, at 11 o'clock Eastern time. The main card in- includes Angela Angela Lee defending her title, Demetrius Johnson uh, in the finals of his Grand Prix. Um, on the prelims, you got guys like Yushin Okami, 
and, and like that. So that's a, a good run. And then following that at, I believe it's one uh, Eastern time. It may be, let me confirm. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, four o'clock Eastern time in the morning. So again, this is going to be on Bleacher Report pay-per-view. Shinya Aoki, Bibiano Fernandez, Georgia Petrosian uh, in a kickboxing bout. Um, really some loaded cards. So there is plenty of action this weekend. Plus Bellator also, Melvin Manhoff's in action against Carvalho on uh, on Saturday. Uh, Bellator kickboxing Saturday morning. Uh, I think that'll be on the app, and then uh, and then Paramount and uh, DAZN, I believe, is carrying the uh, the Manhoff card. So loaded uh, weekend of action, uh, more fights than uh, the average person will ever be able to watch. But uh, I'm going <laughs> to sure try. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll cat. I'm. I already know I'm. I'm cat. I'm watching PFL, and um, uh, the UFC card. I know that's ESPN Plus, but. It might. I think they're going to show it on Fight Pass too. Maybe. Uh, I don't know, because uh, I just under. It's so confusing between all this places to watch UFC these days. I'd rather uh, if I miss it, I miss it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll figure it out, and I'll uh, I'll be helping you try to watch some of those fights. So uh, until then, uh, stay tuned for the interview with Julio Arce as he uh, prepares for his. UFC 244 bout on November 2nd. Follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Myself, MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbizal on Twitter, at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Ed, we'll, be, we'll have uh, about 100 fights to talk about next week. So, uh, absolutely. Enjoy your weekend. You too. <laughs> Uh, from Proof Media, uh, interviewing Julio Arce, who's a featherweight in the UFC 244. Uh, big card coming in November. Um, Julio, I know it's not your first time in the garden, but I got a lot of questions for you. Uh, being from the region and stuff, the, the biggest one, and I'm going to ask your teammates this as well. Um, when the ban got lifted on the sport in New York, uh, I mean, what did it mean to you? Did, was it exciting? I mean, how did you feel when you when you when you saw that this was finally happening? One, it was exciting, and two, it was like about time that they freaking lifted that ban up because like there's so much talent in here. You know, for for me, it's like a lot of us had to travel to like New Jersey, Atlantic City when we were in the in the the regional circuit, and it's like why didn't you? It's like why is it taking so long for them to just let it happen here at the, in New York. I mean, I fought a couple of times in, in the city, but it was kickboxing because MMA wasn't allowed. So it was a freaking huge excitement. It was more like, like about damn time they did it. But So I'm glad now and get I get to, you know, now showcase at the Garden again. Yeah, uh, again, you said uh, again. I know you were there. The So with the history that you have with the sport and the band being lifted – your first time there, was it uh, nerves or anything, like jitters, the first time versus this time now coming up this November? You know what? It's no jitters. It's just, it just, it's just like a crazy adrenaline rush because, you know, I got, to, I got to fight at the Garden a couple of times when I did the New York Golden Gloves and when I did a glory kickboxing fight there. So there's no jitters in there, but still, it's just like, you know, the Garden is where it's at. That's where some the most famous fights happen. Yeah. And, 
now that it's like MMA, it's even becoming a bigger thing now. It's, so it's, you know, it's even it's even more exciting than ever. The the Golden Gloves. Uh, I mean, because I know Glory used used to usually uh, book the theater. Yeah. So, I mean, that was your first time in the arena, I would assume. I mean, I, I just figured maybe because I I know it didn't go your way last time, and now now you guys are coming back. Uh, you got a couple of your teammates uh, also on the card with you. So, I mean, it's got to feel. Is it more like like uh, uh, running with the charge of of your fellow fellow warriors into the garden this time? Yeah, pretty much. It's like uh, is it like an Instagram post? And we go like the boys are back in town. Last time we got to fight the three of us, so now we're back in town again. So like I love it, and I'm hopefully one day you know eventually get to do the Barclays, which is will be even even nice. So the nicer, so I can't wait for that too. Yeah, I mean, my personal opinion on Barclays is MMA is cursed in that building. Really? Just, be, just, just because of all the stuff that happened the last that time. You know true. what I mean? Like, that there's always some true. there's some weird, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I prefer you guys fight in the garden for your own safety. But uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, like I said, uh, uh, you guys, um, I don't know if you ever read Raw Combat. It's a book by Jim Genia. I always recommend it to folks that don't understand why uh, the legalization of the sport was such a big deal three years ago when they lifted the ban. But uh, there's a whole chapter on uh, TSMMA in that book. And just how I'm from New Jersey, so obviously I know about Tiger Shulman's. And, you know, you, you, you bring so many fans into anywhere, any, anywhere those fighters fight. Uh, I would say like a good third or quarter of the crowd there is there to support TSMMA. Yeah. Um, so is, do you already, are you already drumming up the hype for it this time around coming for November? Yeah, man. It's, you know, like we, we have a lot, you know, like all of our schools are in like, you know, the tri-state area. So everyone's just so excited when we get to showcase at the garden, because it's like, everyone's just going to gather there and it's just going to be a roaring crowd. And especially, you know, like, you know, the, Three of us are from our New York base, like Lyman. He literally from Harlem and, you know, like born and raised in the city. Shane was in the Bronx and I'm myself from Queens. So, I mean, like that's, that's freaking huge. That's an amazing thing. And it's like, it's like, you know, like there's no, like the last time it was a huge opportunity for all, you know, New York people to be there. Now it's like, again, you know, again, New York people, that's, that's who should be on the card. Just yeah. The New York based, you know, fighters. Yeah, no, it's great. It's fantastic that they do this um, and fill the card with, with, I mean, they, they do that everywhere they go, but yeah. I just feel like because of the history and all that, it's yeah. more, it means so much more to, to martial artists from the area fans and, and things like that. Um, yeah. uh, how, how long have you been with uh, uh, TSMMA? Because I know, being from the region, I, I know the history of with uh, with um, Chulman. You know, he, he's got a Kyokushin karate background. So, do you know how they kind of like expanded the toolbox of outside of just the one style versus making everybody well-rounded mixed martial artists? Yeah, you know, like look, it's it's uh, as as martial arts as you see it, it continues to evolve. You know. And then it's like, you know, like new styles are coming out of nowhere. Like it's, it's ridiculous how just this sport just never stops evolving. And what they did was one of the smartest things, rather than just be like, no, let's stick to what we've been doing. They were like, no, let's accept this and like evolve as martial artists. So at like some places remain the same and they didn't really kind of 
accept that change, that new wave, like when the like jujitsu really started becoming a huge thing, you know, a lot of people didn't accept it. And guess what happened? You know, like mm-hmm. then they fall behind and where Tiger Showman's was like, no, let's embrace this. Let's, let's add this to what we already know. So, you know, it's like, then they were like, you know, look, we got to know to how to do it from standing. If they take us down, you know, like wrestling wise, jujitsu, everything is like, you got to be comfortable in every area. It can't just be, can't be one dimensional because then if somebody exposes that, what are you going to do? Like, mm-hmm. Let's get comfortable all around. And that's what they did, you know, throughout the years, which is an amazing thing for me. Like I was bolded. I've been with Tiger Summons now for 18 years. I'm wow. one of the, I'm one of the, the, the few out of many, you know, out of all of our teammates that are in the UFC, we were, we were a crop that started with Tiger Showman's and, got brought up to UFC level through Tiger Showman, which is an amazing feat. You know, like some people, sometimes you have somebody that wrestled, you know, in college and was really good. Then they join somewhere else and they, you know, then they get brought to championship level and other people from outside come into other gyms. So technically it's like we were brought up from like little kids in Tiger Showman's training to UFC fighters in through Tiger Showman, so that's like an amazing accomplishment, accomplishment in itself, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it, it makes me wonder how, like, talking about the evolution um, from your own experience, when you had to start adding the other aspects. I mean, was it humbling? Was it scary? Like, just if you don't mind me asking about the history before I ask you about your opponent, um, I'm just curious as a, as as an old as an old timer myself. Uh, you know, that did karate and I do yeah. jiu-jitsu too. Um, I'm just curious, like, I found it super humbling. So I, yeah. I don't know what the experience was like for you. Same. It was super humbling because it's like, you know, you, you go into something. If you're trying to learn something new, it's like, of course, you're not going to be perfect at it. But it's like you're going with people who had much more knowledge. And then, then, you know, like when you first start learning, like, the part like jiu-jitsu and then people are just like tossing you around. There are people putting you in choke and you're like, what do I do? But then to like where we are now, it's 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 an amazing just chance to like evolve as fighters. It was super humbling because like the way I see it, it's like when it comes to like being able to evolve as a fighter or as a martial arts theorist, like I welcome that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like sometimes we have, you know, uh, when we're training, we have people that have like amazing jujitsu and, you know, I'm I'm like uh, I'm willing to learn from you. You're that you're like you're freaking good. Like I'm I'll go with you even if I get choked out 20 30 times, doesn't matter. I'm going to keep coming and coming and coming until like yeah. my level just keeps getting better and better. So, it was super humbling experience but an amazing one as well learning just the whole aspect of jiu-jitsu and then like the wrestling base, especially going from, you know, Kyokushin karate to where we are now. So, it's pretty amazing. That is amazing. I mean, I'm I'm glad you shared that. Um, so, given your background and being able to test all the waters of all of the of, the, of how how bad it can be, you know what, what you know and don't know. What do you know about uh, you're you're facing Hakim Dawadu at the uh, at uh, 2:44. So, what are your concerns with him? I mean, he seems like a like more of a striker. So, are you looking to fill in the holes of the striker and and smother him with jujitsu or vice versa? I know you can't give a lot away, but I mean, what are you most worried about from him? Well, you know, he's a very well-known striker. But, you know, like, he's not the only hard striker I've fought before. So, you know, it's like, 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy chess match, but it's gonna be an exciting one with a lot of fireworks and a lot of we're gonna take this everywhere. It's looking to make it a fight of the night candidate. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly could be. I mean, the weight class is exciting um, in itself. I mean, you the lightweights, the featherweights. I mean, they're always m- the most fun to watch most of the time. So, I mean, uh, fighting him is some. I mean, some say that there's a lot of hype behind him, which would kind of make you the underdog. Do you feel you can shift the hype uh, if you if you get a uh, not a, a decisive win, but like say a finish, or if or if you dominate, do you think you'll you'll shift the hype towards you and and start getting a little bit more, uh, more of the the love from the whole social media UFC team. Yeah, that, you know, like that, I'm doing this to become better, to freaking make it all the way a championship belt. So whether the sh- the hype shifts towards me or not, I'm just gonna keep doing my thing, man. It's like you want to follow me and support, and you know, support me through my journey. Go for it. If not, I. <laughs> I don't lose sleep over it. I just want to freaking be the best that I can be and make it all the way to the top, plain and simple. So whoever I got to stand in front of and fight, let's like, let's do it. Uh, speaking of, uh, just because the news broke yesterday, I'm sure you saw with uh, the at the featherweight division with Volkanovski and, and Holloway. You, you have a pick between those two as to how, who you think's going to win that fight. You know what? Though it's like, it's it's always an interesting, it's always an interesting thing because it's like. So much can happen in a fight, and but like Holloway is just a, like at such a high level. But you know what? You can't count Volkanovski out. You know this dude's coming out of nowhere, literally, and then you know like beats Jose Aldo. You know, reclimbed like he did do climb the ranks. He did what he had to. He knocked out Chad Mendes. It's he proved himself, and now he he's he's there. But I'm still rooting for Holloway. You know, big fan after his last fight with Poirier, which was insane, and just what he amassed. And hopefully, one day I get to challenge him too. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. I always love when the UFC brings, uh, you know, fight fans and stuff to, especially to New York and, and Madison Square Garden. Uh, UFC 244 in November. Um, uh, Julio, if you want to just let people know where to follow you, shout out any of your sponsors. By all means, go ahead. Awesome. I just want to, you guys, everybody can follow me at JRCTSMMA on Twitter and then JulioRC89 on Instagram. Just follow my journey. I also want to give a shout out to, first, you know, the people have been in my corner, Tiger Solomons, 18 years strong. They've built me from a fat chubby kid to a UFC fighter. And, you know, always want to thank my coaches, Tiger Solomons, my mentor, uh, Brian Godhopper, who's been, you know, like also, my, he was my instructor coming up. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Counter Strike, who is based with uh, Dr. Frank Benedetto, who keeps us healthy throughout fight camps and even just in general. My strength and conditioning coach, Asia Campbell, um, she's been helping me just add a lot of stuff to my game. I want to thank uh, Gigi Clean Treats, Nutribio, uh, Pure Spectrum CBD. They've been helping with a lot of major things during my fight camps. Also, I want to uh, give a shout out to MMA Lawyer for helping me set up this match and, you know, really just helping these matches happen and helping my way, you know, the journey to the top. And just give a shout out to all my students, everybody, everyone in my family. Love everyone who's been part of this journey. So just thank you guys all. All right, Julio Arce, thank you so much. Thank you so much, my man.
Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, Thanks again for listening, and if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.